ready for the word of the Lord? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, grab hold of your Bibles. And we're going to go to the book of Esther. I didn't say Daniel. I didn't say Peter and Matthew. Like, I say Esther. I ain't even read the scripture. Ladies, make some noise. All right. The man is the head of the house, is what I, the title of my message today. The Bible says, wives. Wait a minute. What happened, Evie? I don't hear you, amen, and I don't hear you. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the book of Esther, <laughs> they got you too, Savannah? Not my Savannah. <laughs> Rich said, wait till you say Mordecai. <laughs> There'd be no Esther if it wasn't for Mordecai. Hallelujah. Good to have a Bible church. In the book of Esther chapter 4, verse number 16. I'm going to read one portion of scripture and then hopefully I'll get you out of here soon. Um, Steph Curry did beat the girl last night. Okay. Um, all right, all right. That was so random. That was such a low... All right, amen, hallelujah. It's relevant, it's, it's, it's a word there, you know what I mean? There's a word there, you know. <laughs> amen, God is good, amen. We're just joking, folks, just joking. Hallelujah. In the book of Esther, chapter 4, verse number 16, the Bible says, go. And this is Esther speaking. And she's talking to one of her messengers and she's sending the message to Mordecai <laughs> and she says go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me do not eat or drink for three days night or day, I and my attendants will fast as you do. And when this is done, it's always good to make sure you, before you do something big in your life, to shower it with prayer and fasting. There's something in that. And when it is done, she said, I will go to the king. Even though it is against 
the law. Now, this is serious because she became queen because the last queen wasn't acting right. I mean, she wasn't even acting wrong. She just wasn't acting how the king liked. This was a powerful man. And the law says that if she approached the king and he didn't summon you, he could kill you. So what she's about to do is risk her life. So that I will go to the king is saying, I'm not sure what's going to happen to me, but I got to do what I got to do. Come on, somebody. Even though it is against the law. And this is what she said. And if I perish, I perish. On January 15th, 2009, Captain Chesley Burnett Sullingberger III, known to us as Sully, had a defining moment in his life. Let me jot your memory in case you don't know who Sully is. One day I woke up and on the news, they said, you watch the news? I said, what happened? They said, something crazy happened in New York. I said, what's new? <laughs> Everything happens in New York. They said, no, you got to check this one out. I said, what? They said, there's a dude who landed the plane. Where? Where he landed the plane? On the Belt Parkway? <laughs> nah, better than that. Where? In the Hudson. What do you mean he landed the plane? You mean he crashed? No. He landed the plane and the people died? No. Everybody good. What are you talking about? Captain Sully was the guy who took off and before long, whatever happened to the plane caused him to have to shift and make a quick decision. A decision that would be life or death in that moment. And when they played the tapes, the tapes are interesting because I expected to hear somebody who was panicking in. And all you heard was Captain Sully just basically saying, shh, shh, uh, need to land, shh, shh, uh, is new work available? Shh. Sorry, sir, new work is not available. Shh. Is, is this available? No. Uh, is Teterboro available? The nailers, they said no. He said, okay, shh, shh. see it in Hudson. He and Hudson so calm, me, it would have went different. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean JFK ain't available? We good dead. <laughs> it would have went a whole, come on somebody. It would have went a whole nother way. But with tremendous poise and calmness, he just said, 
See y'all in Hudson. Lands the plane. Brings it down until he has to hit the water. My man just... Did a great job. They asked him. They said, Sully, tell us about that moment. Captain Sully had no time to reflect and consider if this moment was a defining moment or not. He had no time to consider anything. He had to make a decision at that point. And this is what he said. On the Hudson with 155 passengers, all of whom survived, Captain Sully said that he was able to do what he did in that moment because all that he had been preparing for all his life and career led to that moment. That all he's ever been through in his life all the flights he's ever taken, all of the things that probably didn't make sense in his life, all of the moments in his life prepared him for that moment. Today, the title of my message is The Power of a Moment. The Power of a Moment. There's no doubt we see what a moment in life can do. If you're a sports fan, you see. You see those defining moments. If you're a sports fan, you can watch and see the moment when the game begins to change. You can watch and see when greatness just arises. You can watch and see when somebody puts the team on their back and, and show you why we watch some of these guys and we're drawn to them because... There's just something about the moments that they live for, that they make decisions that most of us would probably fold under. Not only in sports, you see that in life, you see that in the medical field. I got tremendous respect for people who work in an ER room that has to make decisions quick people just coming in you don't even know them don't know their background you don't know who they are you don't know their history but you've got to from what you see make a quick decision with wisdom and knowledge and those moments matter because in those moments when we make these defining powerful decisions it could change the course of your life and I want you to know that a lot of us have moments that occur in our life every day and sometimes there's some things that will cause us to miss the power of the moments that God brings in your life I have learned that everything that comes in my life and I'm not saying this is easy and I continue to train myself that everything that comes or happens in my life it's not tragedy and it's not coming to kill me. But if the God that I know is sovereign, everything that is happening is really an opportunity. When you understand who your God is, the thing that has got you feeling down right now, if you saw it from his perspective, 
it's actually an opportunity for him to do something great in your life. How many of you believe that today? How many of you believe that the, 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 the trials, the, the things that, are, that, that you've been praying about, that God is able to make those opportunities to change your life forever? Let's pray over the word of the Lord. Father, I bless your name and I thank you for your word. I give you praise because your word is blessed. And I pray that you touch the lives of the people in this room and that you would transform them. This word is for us. That word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And I just pray today, Father, that we would apply your word to our hearts and we would forever be transformed in Jesus name somebody say amen, amen. hallelujah thank you my brother hallelujah defining moments they will come in everybody's life I want to give you some context of what's happening here if you've never read the book of Esther it's a beautiful story beautiful story um the children of Israel are captured by Babylon, and we know what happened. The children of Israel wanted an earthly king. God said, I'll give you an earthly king, and if you ever sin, your king will have to go to wars, and if they lose the wars, you'll become slaves to other people. They were brought in captivity to a Babylonian system to serve as servants, as slaves, as foreigners in another nation. How, how many of you know that... Uh, you know, God's people, we go through stuff. We find ourselves in places that are strange places. One of the verses in the Bible says that uh, 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 they asked the children of Israel when they were in captivity to give us a song. We know you guys, uh, you guys do your music stuff. Give us a song. And they looked at their harps and they hung them up and they said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? But I want you to know it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you're located in life. Because it is not your position that determines your blessing. It is who you're connected to. Hallelujah. And as long as you've got God in your life working inside of you, you could be in the strangest of places and you still can become blessed. And so they found themselves in captivity and they were still holding fast to their beliefs. At least one of them for sure was, and his name was Mordecai. Now Esther, the lady in the story who the story revolves around, these two folks, Esther's parents died. And Mordecai adopted her and just took her to be his child practically and he would advise her and he would give her wisdom and and there was a relationship there that was wonderful amen and there was a king hallelujah and this king loved to give lavish banquets he loved to have parties he loved to demonstrate and show off his wealth because you know he's wealthy he wants to 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 flaunt a little bit come on hallelujah uh how many of you like to floss a little bit there's some lies up in this room because I know y'all ain't spending all that money for you to watch it alone. Hallelujah. Hey, come on. Hallelujah. But this king was over the top. He just was like for, for days, 
for days on end, he would have these parties and invite people just so he can demonstrate the greatness of his kingdom, the greatness of his wealth. And so he would bring nobles in. He would bring foreigners in just to show them what the great Babylon was like. And in the process of showing off all of the cities, showing off the gardens, showing off all the things, he decided one night, I want to show off my wife. This man different. Hallelujah. Y'all ain't get that. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to nobody today. This man says, send for my wife, Queen Vashti. And he says, tell her to come because I want to show her off to the nobles. Show her beauty. And she was a 2024 woman. See, y'all screaming for Esther, but you're, you're more like, no, nah, I'm joking. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm joking. She said, nah, I ain't coming. They said, nah, the king want to show you. She said, I ain't got time for that. I'm not, no. And she put her life on the line. Because the king could have taken more actions if he wanted to. You don't disobey the king. And so the king, after this happened, because the Bible says this, the Bible says he was in high spirits the night he did that. The night he decided to show off his wife and bring him parade around, the Bible says he was in high spirits. You know you're about to laugh with me. Because y'all know what high spirits means, right? Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. You read the bottle, it says spirits on it. Because uh, what it, when you drink it, some, something else comes out of you. Hallelujah. It's some next spirit that take over you. And they tell you it on the bottle is spirits. And you drink the spirits. And you use scriptures like take some for the stomach's sake. And you know he took one spirit. In two spirit, and I've, if I were to confess to you today, I've never drank any alcohol ever in my life. My father told me when, he was, when I was younger, he said, I have never drank and I've never smoked. This is the power of a father. And I looked at him and I said, I don't know what I'll be in life, but that's the one thing I want to be able to say. If you did that all your life, and as a result, I've never done it. Been contact high, but I ain't never been high. <laughs> I always mess up. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> see y'all. See y'all. I be preaching. Y'all act like y'all know what I'm talking about. I say things like that. Y'all laugh. Hallelujah. But he was in high spirits. He's drunk. He's tore up. He's bent. The king is. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And she said, no. So when this all wore off the next day, he realized this woman disrespected me. And all the nobles came around. They, this is what they said. They said, you got to do something about this king. Because if the word gets out that the king's wife disobeyed the king, my wife 
is going to feel that this is okay. And all of the wives throughout every province is going to start disrespecting their husband. And you know, we can't have this disrespect. So king, you got to put your foot so the king made up a law and sent it out that if any man, if any woman behave like this, then her husband has the right to do what he got to do. And the husband is the ruler, it's law of the land. <laughs> this Bible, y'all, this ain't me, right? Like, I'm not saying that that's what the Lord says. He said, that's the law of the land. And he put her away and said, she will no longer be my queen. But the king is a human being. And a couple days later, he started remember, remembering Vashti and how much he was in love with her. And people around him saw the king going through. <laughs> king lonely. They said, king, you king. You don't need to be alone. Having a, 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 a Babylonian idol, like American Idol, Babel, that did not work. Um, do an audition with all of the young virgins in the land. And you the king. Pick whoever you like. There's no need for the king to be sad. So the king put out the decree and said, I like the idea. And he put out the decree and women from all over came and signed up because, hey, you know, you never know. <laughs> and one particular person signed up and it was Esther. And Esther, from the time she got among them, she started getting favor with the people that were supposed to take care of these women. The Bible says that the king says, make sure they... Now, it usually only should take you like a shower to be clean and some deodorant and you should be good. This man said, let them do this for about six months. <laughs> let them... Fragrance up themselves and learn. In other words, what he was doing is teach the women how to be a queen, how to carry themselves like a queen, how to look, how to act, how to smell, how to dress, how to be worthy of being next to me. He said, teach them. And while they were doing that, the Lord just was giving Esther favor and she just was all of a sudden advancing in the class advancing she got her own private place she got uh, a favor from one of the one of the uh persons that work for the king there and just helping her and doing stuff and and just living good and every day mordecai never forgot about her mordecai comes to the king's gate and he just listens mordecai's a good guy esther's a good girl and he's listening, and one day he hears two people talking that they're going to kill the king. 
They started plotting. Yo, man, we gonna run up on him. Two o'clock when he sleep. Read us in the Bible. They said two. No, I'm joking. Uh, they said we, they said we gonna kill the king. That's what they said. They said we gonna kill him. And Mordecai sends a message to Esther and said, "This is what I heard. Tell the king they're plotting to kill him." And so she goes back and she's all of a sudden finds favor with this king. She's more beautiful than everybody else. The king is in love with Esther. He loves this woman. I mean, my man loved this woman. She, like, when he greeted her, he used to say things like this. Esther, tell me what you want. Half the kingdom yours. That is in the Bible. He would greet and just be like, oh, Esther's here. Half the kingdom yours. See, he knew what divorce was like in America before being divorced. Half. We, y'all still good, right? Hallelujah. Half online just locked off. Amen. He, he said, half was yours. He was in love with her. So she came and she told him the plot and he investigated and found out there was truth to this and he did what he had to do to those men. And time passed and she's living and the king decides one day that he wants to bring a man by the name of Haman. Haman was an interesting guy. And Haman, the Bible says, the king elevated him to the highest of noble positions and just made this man a man of honor and said that wherever he goes, people's got to pay homage to him and bow and show him respect. And wherever Haman went, he was the king's man. And he would go to the gate, and whenever he got to the gate, everybody's paying homage except for one man. Mordecai would not bow to this man at all. Mordecai said, not today, sir. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Not ever. And this bothered Haman. Haman would go home to his wife and say, this dude, everybody honors me, but he stayed disrespecting me. And he would get so mad. Mordecai's decision to do this is a costly one. And so I often wondered, why didn't he just bow? Because then the story would have been over right there. Could have just moved on. Now, but Haman had other plans. And he didn't bow. And some men came to him and they asked him. They say, yo, man, why don't you bow to this man? And the only reason the Bible gives you is what Mordecai says. He reveals, I am a Jew. Now, people try to figure out what, does that, what did that mean? The only thing I can assume from that is there was something about Haman and his Jewish traditions that would not allow him to bow. Some people say Haman came from the Amalekites. 
And it could be also relation tension because if you know the history of the Bible, the Amalekites did not like God's people. And God, that's the one people God said, wipe them completely off the planet. Y'all hear what I'm saying? But but the, the Bible don't give you that. It just says that all he said was, I'm a Jew. And I got to, you know, it brings me back to, to when the three Hebrew boys would not bow. It, it brings me back to Daniel when they said, teach them all the Babylonian art. Teach them everything about the system. And then Daniel said, sure, sure, I learned this, I learned this. And then he stopped and he said, don't give me the king's food. Do not defile my body because it went against. See, here's the thing. You can be in the system, but not of the system. You can be in Babylon, but Israel is in you. Come on, somebody. I can, I can leave and go into New York City, but I am church city. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter my location. It matters what is in me. And let me tell you something. It is what is in your mind that will guide your life. You got to have principles. Listen to me, people. It is never the water outside of the boat that you got to worry about. It's the water that gets into the boat. And I promise you that's true. If you ever get water, start coming in a boat. Mayday, mayday, everybody just run for it. It is what is in your mind, what you feed your mind. It is what is in your mind that will determine your blessing. And I want you to know, never be governed by outward pressures, but be governed by inward principles that is based on the word of God. I'm going to say that again for every young and every adult person in here. I don't care who you are. Never be governed by outward pressures, but by inner principles that is based on God's word. He said, no, I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't bowing to you, Haman. And Haman said, I'm a, I got to, this dude ain't going. Haman said, let me tell you something. He, he ain't going to get away with this. This ain't how this is going to go down. He come home and talk to his wife. His wife said, why don't you just build a big, long pole and impale him on it? You, you the man, kill him. Set up a law. He a Jew. And if apparently whatever Mordecai was doing, I suspect, notice how careful I am with the word. I'm not telling you anything the word said, but I suspect there might have been others who wasn't bowing to him. Because this one man led him to say, he's Jewish. Let's find a way to sign a decree to kill all of them. And he wanted to wipe all of them off the earth. And he went into the king. He said, king, there's certain people acting a certain type of way. Um, this is what we need to do. Uh, you, you with it? The king just hands him the ring because he trusts him and said, sign whatever petition you want to sign. Here's my ring. He took the king's ring and he started putting down whatever he wanted and sent out the decree to every place that by this date, every person that is a Jew will die 
And then he got ready. He built his little pole. And he says, and for this Mordecai guy, he going to die different. I'm going to make sure. And this message came to Mordecai. And he found out that Haman has got a plot to kill all of God's people. And a moment dropped into his hands. And this is where I want to pick up. A defining moment reveals who you are. When the rubber meets the road in your life, we will see what you're truly made of. It is not when seasons are good that reveals who you really are. It's when life begins to get rocky. Then we see if you're controlled by fear. We can see if you have tenacity. We can see if you truly trust God. How many of you know, if I get a million dollars today, it's easy for me to say, I believe God. But it's when the bills are due. And I've been doing right. And still things ain't making sense in my life. And, and loved ones are going through and this has happened in my life. Do I still come to church and worship? Do I still hold on to him? It is in tough moments that you see what you are really made of. And I thank God that life, yes, I love sunshine. But there's got to be snow days. There's got to be rainy days. And even in the rainy days, like my son Silas always reminds me, even the plants got to eat, dad. God is working even in the rain. And those moments are very important because those moments are the test. And you know teachers love to give tests because it shows if the kid actually is learning what he says or is he going home and Googling the answers. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And you know with God, you can't cheat on the test. Come on, how many of you used to cheat? Hallelujah. I ain't going to lie. I cheated my way. Hallelujah. Through a lot of stuff. Hallelujah. The Lord forgave me. If you want the degree, take it back. Hallelujah. Don't matter anyway. I cheated. Hallelujah. I wrote answers wherever I could. Hallelujah. They lucky they ain't had chat GPT when I was a kid. Hallelujah. I'd have had six books out already by now. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. But when it comes to good, people start confessing, I cheated too. I cheated, I cheat, cheater, cheater over here. Hallelujah. <laughs> cheater over here back, cheated fourth grade. Hallelujah. The only time. Hallelujah. I, I want you to know that you can't cheat on God's test. Because what he puts you through is going to define who you are. Here's the thing I want you to know. That when things and moments come in your life, opportunities come in your life, don't take them lightly. If somebody calls you and says, hey, I got something that I want uh, you to check out tomorrow, don't just sleep on opportunities. It is worth investigating. It is worth going. You know, uh, one of the biggest reasons we don't ever move ahead in life is laziness. Fear. And listen to this. When you miss the moment, you could be losing more than just an opportunity. You could be forfeiting the chance to shape your destiny. 
You know how many people I talk to and while they're talking and I'm trying to hook them up with a moment that can define them and they treat me like I'm just whoever and they don't show up and they, they miss an opportunity for something that God wanted me to do in their life. And I could imagine how many times I probably missed opportunities because of fear, because of laziness, because of overlooking the person that the moment came from, because of overlooking or, or because, of, because of maybe where I was in life. Which brings me to the next thing. When this message came to, uh, 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 when Mordecai sent the message to Esther and he said, this is what's going to happen. Her response was, this ain't my beef. This she ain't said it in these words, but she just basically said, I'm in the palace. That's your problem. And sometimes you miss God opportunities because of comfort. Oh, gosh. You know, we just think that God exists to bring us into comfort, but God brings you into comfort to bring you into trouble. Oh, my gosh. Did y'all get that? If you don't get anything, get that. God brings you into comfort to bring you into trouble, to bring you into comfort, to bring you into trouble. God brings you into highs to bring you back down to lows. Everything that God does in your life is like my man Sully says, is preparing you for the next moment and the next moment and the next moment. And when you sleep on these moments because of comfort, this lady said, Listen, this is what she said. This is what she said. The king, you can't go before him unless he summoned you, and he hasn't summoned me in 30 days, so just tell Mordecai, I don't really know what to tell you. I want you to know that when you miss the moment, she could have been missing the opportunity of a... You wouldn't have been hailing Esther today. You would not have been... If we stuck with Esther's first answer, y'all would have been on some boom. And I'm so glad that there's a God who didn't stick with my first answer. But he saw something in me when I couldn't see it in myself. Oh, I feel something right there. Ah, ah, don't don't miss that church. That's an opportunity to worship right there. He saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. Because when I examine my own self, I don't deserve the goodness of God. And even when I refuse his hands and I say I'm not worthy, it's too big for me. He kept knocking right back on the door and saying, I want you, son. I want your life. I don't know who I'm talking to. But is there any believer in this house that no matter what you do, you just feel that Holy Spirit coming after you, coming after you, chasing you down to use your life. It is the goodness of God that keeps you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. When you think about all the dirt you've done, when you think of all the stuff you do, hallelujah, stuff that not even you did, stuff you still doing, and God still says, I love you. I'm dealing with perfect people. I'm not dealing with anybody in this room that got stuff, but I, I just want to talk to one or two people who might, 
If you were to be honest, say, Pastor, for real, for real, I am not worthy of the things he's done in my life. And I just want to say to God, be the glory, because I would have given up on myself, but he didn't give up on me. Hallelujah. Hey, if I were to be honest with you, if it wasn't for God, my marriage would have been falling apart a long time ago. But it was his goodness that came back and said, no, you got to do this right. You got to go back and be a good father. If it wasn't for God, I'd probably lose my children at this point. I'd probably be in a place where they say you are the biggest hypocrite and we don't want nothing to do with your God because of my life. But God says, no, I can make you an example even in front of your children. I can even take your flaws as moments to teach them what not to do hallelujah y'all in here it's the I don't know about you but I got my dirt hallelujah I don't stand before anybody here as a perfect man I stand here as a broken man but a sovereign God who is able to take broken people he's able to take my message and make a message out of it he's able to take my misery and give me ministry he's a y'all are hearing what I'm saying Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm telling you, church, there's an opportunity here to worship the Lord. There's an opportunity here to say, God, I give you praise. Because my first reaction was terrible, but you didn't stop with me at my first one. You didn't stop when I made a bad choice. You didn't stop with me when I made a mistake. You didn't stop when I got an attitude. You didn't stop when I ruined everything around me. Now, I'm not, you know, you're not like me. You, you're good people. You talk well. You, you're educated. You're just so gifted and talented. Me, on the other hand, I ruin everything I get around because of my big mouth, like Ralph Crandom said. I just can't shut this mouth. I would see what's obvious, and I would know you ain't supposed to say that, and every Everybody be quiet in the room and I'd be the one, hey, I would ruin opportunities. I would say the most awkward things. Growing up, that was me. My father hanging out. He's a pastor. I'd be the one child who'd blurt out something. He'd be like, oh, you know when your parents squeeze your hand, walk with you to the car. Like you ain't supposed, I've ruined a lot of my own life. But the more I ruined it is the more he showed I'm your God and I got you. He's a good God, y'all. He's a good God. He's a good God. And he didn't stop there. Listen to this, y'all. There is no place or status that can shield you from life's realities. And this queen thought because I was in a palace, the problems of the world won't touch me. Let me tell you something. I don't care how rich you get in this room. You ain't going to run from life. There's a man in the NBA trying to fight father time and life. Sorry, folks. Come on, come on. Come on, Pastor. <laughs> life is going to life. Your riches can't stop calamities. Riches can't stop sickness. I've never seen a man buy eternal life. The other day when we did our beloved sister Rose funeral and I was leaving the graveyard, I saw a tombstone that was made into a Mercedes Benz 
And there was a story behind it that was a blessing when I read the story. But it reminded me of the old saying, you can't take. I said, my first thought was that brother tried. <laughs> he tried. When you're gone, you're gone. Life, death is coming for you no matter how much money you make. Life is going to life. It don't matter what heartbreak is coming, rejection is coming. Somebody will look at you and while the world is saying they love all about you, somebody will look at you in your face and say, I don't like you. Every life, there's no place you can go that life realities is not going to meet you. And Mordecai sends back a message. And this is what he said in Esther 4.13. I'm getting ready to land this plane. I like that. Going go in a nautical mile. If you know, you know. Hallelujah. He sent back this answer. Do not think... Because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. And here's my point to that. You can be replaced. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. Don't get it twisted, Esther. You up there now and you're living good. But don't you think for a minute that you're going to escape what's going to happen. You're one of us. You know there's some believers who think because they work in a different realm and they got a little bit more money, they're not like the rest of the believers. Whatever they want to do to any believing, y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Don't you think you're going to escape because you're in a different status as a believer. And he says, lady, you are going to suffer the same fate. But don't get it twisted. The God that we serve is not going to watch his people die. And he's given you a moment. He's hand wrapped a moment. You thought you were born pretty so that you could be pretty. You didn't even know the way you looked. God had a moment ahead. Oh, somebody hallelujah 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 you didn't even know the way all the things that you learned you didn't know all this manners that you learned everything that you were learning was going to bring you to this moment but don't get it twisted if you don't pay attention to it God will shift it to someone else you can be replaced There's another way to say that. My mother would say that. Don't make yourself important. <laughs> Come on, brother Romel. Back me up on that one right there. That simply means like, yeah. <laughs> and then he goes on and he says, he says, deliverance will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows? 
but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Your abilities, your qualities, and your voice is needed in the present moment. And listen to this, y'all. You must be willing to give up in order to go up. Let that sink in a little bit. Some people want to go up, but they don't want to give up. But in order for you to go up, you got to let go of some. And she looked at all and she said, no, I'm going to give up in order to go up. And she responds back and says, tell them to fast and pray. Fear turns to faith when you realize God's purposes are bigger than you. When you realize there's a sovereign God working, fear turns into faith. And she decided to do this, to give God the best of you and not the rest of you. And she said, tell them to fast. Tell them to fast and tell them to pray because I'm going to go to the king. Y'all want to know how the story ends? I'm going to tell you how the story ends. Because my last point, and I'm done, is this. Simply this. Don't play with God's people. Tell your neighbor, don't play with me. Come on, tell your neighbor, don't play with me. Some of y'all said that real heavy. Hallelujah. Come on, tell them, don't play with God's people. Don't play with God's people. I got a wife by the name of Sherry Ann. Hallelujah. That woman is probably the most quietest woman in this church. Hallelujah. She is so soft-spoken. And, you know, everybody's like, you know, you're, you're so not like your husband. <laughs> He's loud and uh, loud. And you're so soft and kind. And, and, you know, Sister Sherry, they come up here when it's birthday time. They say, Sister Sherry, you have such a sweet spirit. I'll be sitting there like so... So what you saying? I got, a, I got a cool spirit too. Hallelujah. You got such a sweet spirit and she's nice and soft spoken. But there is one thing that can turn that lady into a whole nother beast. And there's a side of Sister Sherry that she don't care who you are. And that's not just true for her. That's true for a lot of folks. It's definitely true for me. You could do whatever you want to me. And I'll rock with you. But you touch my children. You say something to die will take this trust. <laughs> It's going down. I'm telling you, when my son played soccer for the first time this season, I didn't understand that there's rules in the stand and how you should behave. And so he got hit with the ball one time. He fell on the field. I was the only joker in the stand, jumping over the bleachers like, I, I promise you I should have broke my foot. It was the goodness of God because it was so hot. And I'm running onto the field and Sherry's in the back like, oh, this man. Because... You don't touch my children. 
And if I feel like that as an earthly father, I could imagine. The Bible says if an earthly father knows how to give good gifts, how much? See, sometimes you forget who you are. Sometimes you fight like you don't got a daddy. Hallelujah. You see, Silas, Silas in his mind, he would, like now they older, they understand things. But when they're young children, they look at daddy as a superhero. My son would walk up to Mike Tyson and be like, I don't care who you are. And I'd be in the back like, you better care who he is. Because in a child's mind, my daddy, as long as he's here, is going to be all right. A father like me got limitations, but your father in heaven, he puts the un to the limited. Hallelujah. He, oh, y'all are hearing what I'm saying. He's the God of all powers. He's the God who shifts and moves things. He's the God who sees the circumstances. He's the God who puts a Mordecai by the gate to hear that they're going to kill the king. He's the God that does things. Mordecai never got rewarded. Esther's being brought up to the, the, to the highest of lands. And one night the king decide he going to sleep. You don't mess with God's children. And as he goes to sleep, the Bible says he had a troubling dream. You know that ain't no troubling dream normal. That's God saying, bro, somebody want to mess with my children and you ain't going to sleep until we deal with this. So he woke up and the Bible says, it's watch sovereignty in God that he couldn't sleep. So he decides to read the chronicles of the kingdom. I don't know my man. That I, when I can't sleep, I don't read the constitution. But your man says, I'm, I'm going to read the chronicles of the kingdom. Pops it open and guess where it falls? On the man named Mordecai and the fact that he told who was going to kill the king. And he's reading this and can't sleep. That ain't no accident, y'all. You don't mess with God's children. God will shake kingdoms for his children. God will shake nations for his children. God will break barriers. God will move mountains for his children. God will part red seas for his children. God will shut the mouth of lions for his children. This is the God we serve. God will quench fire for his children and the bible says that he turned to that and he said i ain't never reward this man i never gave this man nothing and he's thinking to himself all day morning came and big bad haman comes walking in in his glory i'm gonna kill mordecai got a pole set up to impale him on and he walks in and the king says hey hey haman i got a question for you he said, what's up, king? He said, what? If the king wanted to honor a man, how would you honor him? And God took the devil to decide. <laughs> man, I ain't got a church today. I need a Pentecostal church. This, this church ain't Pentecostal enough for me. There we go. There we go. Now, all we need is the people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because you ain't going to have me and him. Right, listen, I'm not preaching this as a show, but I'm telling you what I know about God. You don't mess with God's children. You don't mess with God's children. And God will... It's, it's like my mother always told this story. The lady always prayed, right, Mom? And the lady would pray and say, Lord, bless me. And she would go and she would get her groceries and bring it home and whatever else and... She would say, God, thank you for blessing me. And one day the man was an atheist next door. 
And he tired of hearing her pray. God bless me. And he said, I'm just going to run and buy some groceries and put it there. So she opened the door and she said, wow, thank you, Lord. And he popped out his head and he said, it wasn't God, it was me. The woman said, thank you, God, for blessing me, even if you use the devil to do it. And I want you to know that's the God we serve. That whatever the enemy meant for evil, we serve a God who is able to turn. Y'all are hearing what I'm saying in this place. We serve a God. We serve a God. Hallelujah. Who is able to shift things and move things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that he said to Haman, he said, Haman, how should we honor a man that the king wants to honor? And Haman said in his mind, this got to be for me. I would have the most noble person sit him on a, 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 a horse, dress him up in the finest, and walk around all the town and say, this is how the king honors a man that he wants to honor. And he's thinking to himself, this is going to be me. I'm going to get this type of honor. And then the king closed the book and he says, good. Here's what I want you to do for me. Go get Mordecai. Hallelujah. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this house. There's coming a time God is going to call your name. I don't know who I'm talking to. Stay faithful. Stay at the king's gate. Stay at the king's gate. Stay at the king's gate. Stay faithful. Stay holding on to your belief. Stay holding on to your principles. And there's going to come a day the king is going to say, How should I honor such a man? How should I honor such a woman? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. He said, Go get Mordecai. I could imagine Haman's face. Haman gave one of them Guyanese face. You mean, Mordecai. We, 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 we do it, Mordecai. He, he, he can't parade me around. He's not noble. He said, no, no, no. This ain't for Mordecai to parade you around. I want you to find the best clothes, give it to him. Find the best horse, give it to him. And I want you, who are the highest of the noblest, to be the man, to hold the horse, and walk around, and tell everybody, this is how. Do you see God? Do you see what God does for his people? Meanwhile, he's doing that. The Bible says Esther went into the king knowing that she could be killed. And soon as the king saw her, he so love struck, he put out a scepter and said, half the king for you, half the kingdom for you. What you need? She said, well, king, I, just, I, just, I would like to have a meeting with you and Haman if, if that's possible for y'all to come to a banquet. He said, sure, sure. They set up a banquet. They come to the banquet that night. And she unveils the plot. And the king said, what? And Mr. Haman, the very thing that he built to put Mordecai on, the king said, put him on it. The very thing the enemy tried to use to kill you, 
is the moment God was trying to save you to reverse it to kill him. You don't understand the power of a moment. You don't understand. Yeah, I, I went through this, pastor, and this is broken. Yes, but watch God begin to do what he does alone in that moment and turn it around. But I go back to one point I made. If you're not willing to give up, then you can't go up. Every head bow, every eyes closed. Sometimes it's an attitude we got to give up. Your marriage ain't going up until you give that up. Sometimes it's bitterness. Your prosperity is not going up unless you give that up. Your relationship with God will never grow unless you give up in order to go up. Stop hiding behind the reasons you can't go to the king. What's the reason today that you don't want to go to the king? And I ain't talking about no earthly king. I'm talking about the king of kings. What is the excuse that you can't go before the king? Hallelujah, Jesus. For some of us, it's a hurt that happened in our past and we just can't. I just can't move on from that. I want you to know, oh God, I want you to listen to me in this place. Every hurt, whether you were responsible for it or not, every hurt, every hurt, God is able to turn around. Don't miss the moments. Don't miss the moments. Don't miss the moments. Your rejection is a moment. Y'all are hear what I'm saying. Your brokenness is a moment. Everything that is happening in your life without God, it will be senseless. But with God, it becomes orchestrated. I'll never forget one of the greatest things in my life was when my daughter took me to see an orchestra play. And we walked in there and as we sat there for the first 20 minutes, every instrument was playing. And it sounded like hot garbage. Because the violin player was doing his own thing. The bass player was doing his own thing. The people on the timpani were banging and doing their own thing. Cymbal player, I don't know what he doing. He over there doing whatever. The drummers are doing their own thing. And that place sounded like trash. Am I lying? And it was like, aha. But then something strange happened. Once the time came for the show to occur, a man walked out. And he walked to the table and he looked at everything that was disoriented and he just simply opened the book and tapped and once he lifted his finger what was chaos became immediate order and that's the God that we serve it might be crazy in your life right now but there's a God who can walk in and orchestrate the chaos in your life. And I don't know who I'm praying for or who I'm talking to. 
But I don't want you to let this moment go today. God didn't bring you to Church City by accident. You didn't walk into this room by, by, by chance. You're not here. If you've been coming here a long time or you just got here or this is your first day, you are not here by accident. I believe that every one of you are here because God wants you to hear that he loves you and that no matter what, he's got moments in your life that if you don't miss them, he will turn your life around. And I don't know who I'm talking to in this house, but if you need a word of prayer and you need to walk closer to God today, I want you to not even hesitate. I want you to not miss the moment. If you want more of God, this year we still in the second month. If you want to give God the best of you, if you want to see God's hands move and orchestrate things, I need you to get up out your seat and come to this altar right now and let me pray for you.